I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. College Football Live is presented by Xfinity. We start with some news. Washington and Oregon has been canceled. The Huskies reportedly well below the 53-man minimum scholarship threshold required. The Huskies currently have the best record in the Pac-12 North at 3-1. And And speaking of COVID-19 news, Liberty head football coach Hugh Freeze has tested positive for the virus. He's been experiencing mild symptoms and is isolating. Remember, their regular season's over at 9-1. and one. They're awaiting word on what bowl game they will be invited to. It's College Football Live. He's, he's David Pollock. He's Coach Jim Moore. And I'm Jason Fitz. And we've got a lot to get into, gentlemen. Have a happy Friday so far. So good. Uh, let's start today with the Wendy's Weekend Wake Up, where we get to get into to some games. Brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast. And it starts... With the battle for the victory bell gives us the 15th ranked and undefeated Trojans taking on UCLA Saturday night. Coach, what have you liked so far from the UCL, from the USC offense? Well, I, I've liked the way they're throwing the football. You know, Keaton Slovis has a slew of tremendous receivers, starting with this guy right here, Amon Ross St. Brown. He's got hands like Spider-Man. He had four touchdowns last week versus Washington State, but he can also throw a Landon Drake, Tyler Vons, Brew McCoy, in 2019, he lit up UCLA five, four, 515 yards and four touchdowns. So let's see how UCLA defends them this week. All right, next up on the slate, we'll take a look at LSU, Florida. Season to forget for LSU. Now they get to face the dynamic Kyle duo. Pollock, what you got your eye on on this one? Well, this used to be really entertaining. We used to really look forward to this game, but now <laughs> we just know LSU is not very good, and so it's a little bit disappointing. But when you look at Florida getting ready for Alabama, getting ready for the SEC Championship game. What do we need to work on? we got to work on running the football. They haven't been great at running the football. I think they're going to have to have more balance when you face Alabama and that Crimson Tide defense who's played really great in the last four or five games. So I think the balance on offense, trying to build some of that this week against an LSU defense has been struggling all year long. All right, next up on the slate we're looking at, let's take a look at Alabama, Arkansas, Arkansas, hoping to somehow end a 13-game losing streak to Bama. Tough task this year. Coach, what stands out to you with Alabama so far? Well, obviously their offensive production. I mean, it's just amazing the talent that they have. I think this is a tune-up for the Florida game. They've got to stay focused. They've got to execute at a high level. You know, Mac Jones is throwing at 75.7% completion percentage. Najee Harris has 20 touchdowns rushing. I mean, this is an offensive machine like we've never seen before. And I'd like to see them stay sharp and stay focused and get themselves tuned up for next week's battle versus Florida. All right, one of the best matchups of the weekend. Give the ACC some love for their big clash this weekend. It's a ranked matchup between North Carolina and Miami. Pollock, let's talk quarterbacks. What you got here? Man, you got, you got Sam Howell, who's been slinging that pill with dynamic playmakers against Garrett King, who's doing everything for Miami. So I think it's just going to be a fun matchup. I think defense is optional. Points are going to be uh, really, really fun. They're going to be rolling up left and right. 
Um, but it's just been fun to watch both of these teams. Listen, they got to keep building their momentum. Mac Brown showed us what he did a year ago, and you know you want to build on it and prove you belong. And Miami, De'Aaron King, prove that the next five, six recruiting classes believe that Miami is back, and they are a top ten team. So I think finishing the year strong should be both of the themes for Miami, for Florida, or for UNC. Excuse me. Defense optional in a North Carolina game. You don't say. All right, let's take a look at the Goodyear more driven player, and that's going to be both of these quarterbacks that Pollock just mentioned. When you look at the season that these two guys are having, it's absolutely astounding. You see it here. Uh, you're talking about a almost uh, 70% of the team yards for De'Ara King. Uh, the, the numbers are really incredible. And to help us break down some of the numbers, we'll get you a numbers crunch from Brad Edwards. The significant reduction in non-conference games, as well as the disparity in total number of games this season, has made it more difficult than ever to compare college football teams. An ACC team being 8-1 having only lost at Clemson seems like a profile that would deserve better than the number 9 ranking Miami has in this week's AP poll. But are the Hurricanes better than that? Probably not, according to the Football Power Index. Is King back to throw, and now it opens up for him. He will die for the end zone. Although FPI also sees the Canes as the third best team in the ACC, it ranks them just 20th in the nation, which sounds harsh. But in recent years, that metric has viewed Miami's best teams, or at least the ones with the best records, as overrated by the polls. The previous two times, it's been right. The ball stripped out. It's loose, and that will end the Canes' undefeated season. More important to Miami fans, FPI is still showing a significant gap between them and the fourth-best team, that being the playoff standard, which is exactly where the U wants to be. So while the Canes are clearly making progress under Manny Diaz, their bar still sits a good bit higher. Of course, you can catch this game Saturday, 3.30 Eastern on ABC. Coach, what are you looking for in this game as a key to you? Well, David said defense optional, and I'm looking to see how Miami's defense shows up and attacks Sam Howell. You remember the Virginia Tech game when UNC came out and just caught fire early against a great Virginia Tech pass rush. Well, I think Miami's got a good pass rush. They've got 26 sacks, 81 tackles for loss, and they're led by this guy, Jalen Phillips, number 15, who has six and a half sacks, 14 tackles for loss. Of course, I'm a little biased towards Jalen. I recruited him to UCLA. He ended up transferring to Miami after I left. But, you know, I think Miami is back to playing really good defense, and they're going to have to be on their game because UNC is strong running the football, and then Sam Howe is really outstanding throwing the ball as well. Yeah, Pollock, what are you looking for from North Carolina's offense here? Well, I was just going to say with Coach, I don't know about strong defense when you give up 41 to NC State. And, I mean, I know you, some of your boys you were talking about. It's but a new game, I, man. I, I, 41 points on Miami. okay. <laughs> okay, I, I'm, I'm with you then. I'm with it. Um, when you look at, when you look at uh, the blueprint, I think that you saw from Notre Dame's defense – aggressiveness blitz your linebackers at crazy level um you gotta you gotta play aggressive you're gonna give up big plays regardless so i I look for miami to be super aggressive against sam howell by the way it's just it's just so awesome with this offense because 
They got guys that can run it. They got guys that can catch it with Dimey. With uh, it, it doesn't honestly, it doesn't matter. It, it can it can it can change every single game. But Sam Howe has been spinning it deep. He's been making big plays, and so this North Carolina offense has been a lot of fun to watch all year long. And it'll be whether it's whether it's both dynamic running backs or two receivers or Sam Howe, somebody will make plays throughout the game consistently. Well, and at number 10 in the playoff rankings, Miami still is in there. They're still in this conversation at some level. They want to get some love for it, but the season has gone not exactly the way everybody thought it would for North Carolina. It is strength on strength Saturday in Miami. Uh, The guys have been mentioning it. We'll show you the graphic here. Uh, North Carolina's offense leading the country in – or sorry, leading the ACC in efficiency, yards per attempt, and 20-yard touchdowns. Miami's defense leads the ACC in yards per attempt and is among the top three in efficiency – and 20-yard touchdowns. So we'll see how that goes. And in the meantime, like I said, you can check this game out, 3.30 Eastern on ABC. That is where you can watch it. Uh, Coming up, one college football team has already said thanks, but no thanks when it comes to getting in on the bowl game fun. question is, is that going to be a trend we'll see more of this season? We'll get into the discussion about bowl season next on College Football Live. College Football Live is presented by Xfinity. Togetherness is the greatest gift of all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to College Football Live, presented by Xfinity. I don't know what else to say except thanks. We're going to football. What a day. Coming up tomorrow on game day. It's a big rivalry weekend. I'm never going to learn to say that. Army, Navy, plus... Big Ten Trophy game is going to have a lot of fun there. The guys also going to have a coaching conversation with Coach O. Hasn't been the best year for LSU, so LSU. So we'll see what Coach O has to say about it. Plus, the War of the Wardrobes. One of the best things about Army Navy, Navy every year is seeing what they're going to wear. This year will not disappoint. Also, College Game Day isn't the only ESPN show that's visiting the hollow grounds there at West Point. Season 2 of the Emmy-nominated ESPN Plus original series Peyton's Places features an upcoming episode where Peyton Manning talks football and breaks down game film with the former commander-in-chief, the 42nd president of the United States. Well, Mr. President, on this journey through football, I've gotten to break down film with Joe Namath, Roger Stahlback, Raymond Berry, but I've never gotten to watch uh, game film with the president. So you mind watching a little film with me and and doing a little game film analysis? Let's do it. 
I'm not sure you can see the receiver here, but you make a yeah, good throw. Yeah, but I made a good throw. You're getting, you're getting rid of the ball. Good spiral. This is what we did right before the election because I literally couldn't talk. I don't. <laughs> Bad, huh? I had lost my voice, and it seemed like a good filler. <laughs> right here, is this where Eli and David Tyree got the idea for the helmet catch right here? It off could the, be. Off the face. Catch season two of Peyton's Places, now streaming exclusively on ESPN+, including Peyton's upcoming visit with President Clinton at West Point. Some news coming in. Boston College enters the season six, or ended the season, I should say, at six and five overall, five and five in conference, but they have elected not to take any bowl bid. They are going to call their season at this point, which raises an interesting question, gentlemen, of what it means for bowl season. So, Mora, Coach Mora, when you look at this situation, what does it say to you when you've got BC declining an offer to go to a bowl? Do you think this is going to become a trend? I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen again. I don't know about a trend. I'm just not sure how much a bowl game is a reward this year. You know, there's so many different uh, constrictions that are put on these players. If they go to a bowl, bowl used to be a reward. Man, you'd go there, you'd be there a week, 10 days, you'd all these activities, these events, you'd get great gifts. You'd have fun out on the town with your buddies early in the week, then you'd lock into the game. I don't think it's like that anymore. You know, I think this year is it's an anomaly. And, you know, who wants to go sit in a, ho- in a hotel room for three or four days or fly in the day before the game? You know, I think these kids, they want to compete. They want to play another game. They want to be recognized. I know there's financial considerations. But I think most teams will opt to play in bowl games. But I think there'll be a couple that maybe opt out. Well, so you add that, right? Like, so we used to go to wherever we went to in Florida, wherever we went to. It was always fun, Coach, like you talked about, to, to go see sites, to be in the sun, to get a reward. You don't get that. And you continue to not be able to see your family. And you continue to get that big old st- thing jammed down the back of your nose to get tested week after week after week. I think a lot of the kids and a lot of people are just, they've had enough of it, man. And I'll tell you what, I, I don't, all the opt-outs and all that stuff, people quitting on their team and all that stuff is, is, is part of the game and we've seen it this season. But I think the amount of pressure, coach, and, and fits that have been put on the kids to try to make this season happen, it's been a lot of stress. I think it's been hard for them. So I think uh, them getting to get away from it now, I think will be a positive thing for a lot of these kids. So, Pollock, you're out with game day, obviously, and that means you're closer to seeing these programs in person. One of the things that the school cited was emotional, mental, and physical grind of the season in COVID-19 world. Have you felt a difference being out on site of where the way kids and, and coaches and everybody feel this season? Oh, yeah. If you talk to every coach at every school, um, they said the mental health issues for all their players have been up. And they've been on high alert, and it's been something that they've had to deal with more this year than they've had to deal with in the past. So I think, you know, these kids having a release is, you know, Coach Moore knows this. Like, kids like to go out. Kids like to go out and have fun and obviously do things that uh, with, with socially that, that make, the, make it all worth it. Like, you, you grind all the time and you beat up on each other, and you like to go gather and have some fun and go out and do some fun things like you do in college. And not to be able to do a lot of that stuff this season has definitely taken its toll. It's taken the outlet away. Like, right, the outlet they plug into to recharge their batteries, to center themselves, you know, that's kind of been taken away this year. 
We see these kids play on Saturday, and we see the joy in their game, but we don't see the behind-the-scenes things, the things that they're going through on a day-to-day -day basis just to get to Saturday, and the uncertainty leading up to Saturday. And they're coming in early in the morning. They're getting COVID tests. They're having to go into their locker room and change, you know, in, in different waves. They're having to come off the field and get ready for the rest of the day in waves. They can't have in-person meetings. Everything's done by Zoom call. I mean, those are that's a grind for these kids, and as much as they love football, I, I agree with David. You know, they need a break, man. We see them on Saturday. It's great. It's awesome. We cheer for them. But the rest of the time is an absolute grind for these kids. As difficult as 2020 has been, if it helps humanize some of these athletes in the eyes of fans, in the eyes of the communities around them, and if we're talking more about the mental health issues that come with it, I think that's all a positive that can come from this. Now, in the meantime, for the players that are playing, obviously every week we like to get you caught up on the Heisman update, and this is what we've got right now, brought to you by Nissan. According to Caesars William Hill, the race for the Heisman Trophy is a two-horse race between Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. Those two will meet next Saturday in the SEC Championship, which could be the deciding factor. But it at least raises a question of if there are other candidates that we should be looking at. Pollock, are we missing somebody on the Heisman list in your mind? It doesn't matter because this award, Coach, is a – Coach, this drives me nuts. I wonder if it drives you nuts. It's a quarterback award. We need to rename it. It's not the Heisman anymore. It's, it's to the most deserving quarterback whose team's in the championship hunt. It's not to the most outstanding player in college football anymore. So it, it kind of drives me nuts. Um, I do think Mac Jones and Kyle Trask has had a phenomenal season. And, by the way, they just happen to be able to square off – next weekend to see who can play it out and really earn it. Justin Fields, obviously, shortened season. Trevor Lawrence, shortened season with COVID. So I think, you know, you look at the main contenders in the college football playoff race, it's one of those quarterbacks usually that get the nod. Um, and, and obviously two of those guys miss, so it's be, that's why it's down to those two. And I think it'll be decided next week in Atlanta. I agree with everything you said, David. It's a quarterback award now, and I can understand it. They're the guy that touches the football on every single down. You look around the country and you talk about a Kyle Pitts or a Devontae Smith or a Najee who we talked about earlier. I mean, these are great football players. You know, I think, me, I think that if you're saying the very best football player in the nation this year or in the nation, I'm not just going to say this year, is Trevor Lawrence, but I'm going to say Kyle Pitts and Devontae Smith and Najee, I mean, they're right there. I mean, now, has Mac Jones had a great year? Has Kyle Trask had a great year? Undisputed, but the best player? And I, I, I guess, you know, you just have to say, what is the cri absolute criteria right now for the Heisman? I really don't know. Well, and I'll You know, you know it's interesting, too. Devontae Smith and Kyle Pitts – are the two most unstoppable forces in college football. Like, it doesn't matter what you do, you lose. You can't take them out of the equation. It's amazing. So I hope that even if it is this quarterback award every year, like, like last year, Chase Young was the best player in college football. Derek Stingley Jr. was one of the best players in college football. So I think I would love to see it change, but it's not going to. And I'll commend Pollock. Last year when we talked about this on Countdown to Game Day, echoed the same things with Chase Young. You've been ardent that this shouldn't just be a quarterback award. I just don't know how we change it. All right, coming up, for all the conversation we have about certain teams and the playoffs, there are some teams that seem to just keep falling off the radar. We'll get into some of those teams that deserve a little bit more love. We'll do it next. College Football Live. This Heisman Update is brought to you by Nissan premier partner of the Heisman Trophy.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. College Football Live is presented by Xfinity. Togetherness is the greatest gift of all. So the good and bad of the college football playoff is that certain teams dominate the conversation, and that means at times we sort of let teams ride under the radar. So I want to get your thoughts on this. Coach, who do you think we should be paying more attention to right now? Well, University of Colorado. Now, granted, they've got a small, small body of work. They've only played four games, but they've got a first-year head coach let's go. Durrell, who's got That's right, who's got them 4-0. They're playing with a, a freshman quarterback in Sam Neuer. They're playing really good defense. Now, listen. I don't want to blow them up and say they're the greatest team on earth, but you look, you take Carl Durrell, comes in there, doesn't get all the offseason work with his team. He has to fight all of these, these issues that we're seeing around the country, and yet he's got his buffs at 4-0. And I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that program. I'm a fan of Carl Durrell. I'm a fan of what they're doing on defense, especially in the pass game. They're a really good football team. Well, I'm a, David, I don't want to overstate it. I overstated the, the, the defense of Miami. They're a good football team who's going to get better. How about that? <laughs> How about Nate Lambin in the middle of that defense, Coach? Number 53 is uh, an absolute hammer. He makes plays hammer. all over. He's, dude, he, he rushes the passer like an adult. He tackles for a loss. He gets 10 tackles a game. By the way, the best shot in college football was last week of him against Arizona on the bench. Bloody head in two spots, bloody <laughs> knees, and just out there hitting people in the face. It was absolutely outstanding. You got Broussard, by the way, toting the rock. First Colorado back to ever go under uh, over 100 yards in four straight games to start the season. So, I mean, they, they've definitely been a team that I've been impressed with, too. All right, so, Pollock, who do you think we haven't been paying enough attention to? I don't know, man. How about some Coastal Carolina? Like, I, I not only – how about, how about not only with Coastal now, like, here's the thing. I know they finally beat BYU to get, get more respect, but they're hammering people. They're, they beat Louisiana already, who the committee has a lot of respect for. By the way, Iowa State should because they got beat by 17 to them. But an, an offense that's just unbelievably different. Um, Willie Korn running the offense, a former Dabo Sweeney quarterback. Uh, it's it's kind of triple option-esque with RPOs and new school offense. It's really cool to watch. So I think Coastal Carolina, I'll be interested to watch if Cincinnati can't finish, if Coastal Carolina becomes that group of five team. So as we talk about things that you the know, committee Davey, seems to – oh, go ahead, Coach. Well, I was going to say, you know, David brings up a good point. I mean, you look at Coastal Carolina, as we say, on the hoof, kind of you know, the way they look physically. That's a good-looking physical football team. It's, it was, they were more athletic and bigger and more physical than I expected them to be. I was really impressed with them. All right, so we've got some, uh, some breaking drama here. Let's say it this way. i got to get your thoughts on this. Davo Sweeney was on the Rich Eisen show and said, quote, if I was on a committee, it would be hard for me to leave out a 10-1 Texas A&M or an 11-game Florida team over a team that's played six games, cough Ohio State. Uh, so, Pollock, you got to, how would you handle this? Agree, disagree? 
I, I agree. Um, body of work. And listen, you can tell me Ohio State's better, and, and I, I do think Ohio State's better, but Ohio State has also lost to Purdue and, and Iowa, you know, two and three years seasons ago that they were a really good team as well. I'll say this about this Ohio State team. They're not even close to what they were a year ago, um, but they're still a really good team. And if you're going to ask me to put them in the top four, I think they're in the top four, but you do have to play games. You have to earn your way there. So I'm going to be, I'm fascinated to see what the committee does. Coach, what'd you think? Well, I agree with David, absolutely. And, I, you know, I, I can understand Dabble playing a little gamesmanship there. I don't know that it needs to be said, but uh, I do agree with David. I, I like what uh, those other two teams have done. <laughs> Tweak it. Tweak it, Dabble. No. Tweak it, baby. Let's They'll go. They'll have a chance to work it out. They'll get it worked out on the field. Florida will have their chance. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Enjoy a great weekend of college football. For David Pollock, for Coach, I'm Jason Fitz. Thanks so much for hanging out with us.